Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Justin Soder of the Restoration Radio Network. Today at the end of Season 2, we present a preview into a new show which I will host for Season 3 of Restoration Radio, entitled Work of Human Hands. This show will be a discussion with the author of the book, Work of Human Hands, a theological critique of the Mass of Paul VI, Father Anthony Chicada. Many of our listeners recognize the name of Father Chicada as a frequent contributor to Restoration Radio, but Father is much more than a radio guest. Born in 1951, Anthony Chicada studied at DeSales Preparatory Seminary and St. Francis Seminary College in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, graduating with a bachelor's degree in theology in 1973. He also studied organ and composition at the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music. Already discontent with the Vatican II changes, he entered the Cistercians of the Common Observance, a conservative monastic order. In 1975, he entered the seminary of the Society of St. Pius X in Econ, Switzerland, completed his studies, and was ordained to the priesthood by Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre in 1977. Following his ordination, Father Chicada taught seminarians at St. Joseph's House of Studies in Armada, Michigan, and St. Thomas Aquinas Seminary in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Starting in 1979, he traveled on the weekends to offer the traditional Mass in traditional churches and missions in New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Florida, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. In 1989, Father Chicada moved to Cincinnati, where he now assists with the pastoral work of St. Gertrude the Great Catholic Church. He also offers the traditional Mass in Columbus and Milwaukee on weekends. He has since devoted a considerable amount of time to research and writing. Tan Books published two of his works criticizing the post-Vatican II liturgical reform. One was a commentary and new translation for the Ottaviani intervention, a key document in the history of the traditional movement. The other, The Problems with the Prayers of the Modern Mass, discusses the systematic omission of certain doctrines, such as hell, the soul, miracles, and the true church, from the Missal of Paul VI. Father Chicada has also written two introductory booklets for newcomers to the traditional Mass. Welcome to the Traditional Latin Mass, and Traditionalist Infallibility in the Pope. Both are extremely popular and have achieved wide circulation due to their succinct and scholarly treatment of the issues of the new Mass and the Pope. Once a month during the academic year, Father Chicada travels to Florida to teach canon law, liturgy, and scripture at Most Holy Trinity Seminary, preparing young men for the Holy Priesthood under the tutelage of the rector of the seminary, Bishop Donald Sanborn. Father is a prolific writer and one of the foremost theologians in the world on the subject of the Novus Ordo Mise, that is, the 1969 Ordo of Mass promulgated by Giovanni Battista Enrico Antonio Maria Montini, also known as Paul VI. This once-a-month show, which will run for the entirety of Season 3, is designed for the newcomer to tradition who is completely confused, lost, and outraged by what he sees at his local diocesan parish, as well as the seasoned traditional Catholic who wants to gain a greater forensic insight into the problems with the new Mass. This interview was conducted in early November of this year when I had the opportunity to visit with Father Chicada at St. Gertrude's, and we thought it appropriate to sit down and give our listeners a work of human hands zero show, that is, an introduction and backstory to the genesis of the idea of the show, a little about Father's motives for writing the book Work of Human Hands, and our objectives for the show itself. So we encourage our listeners to pick up a copy of the book, grab a highlighter, and join us next season starting in January as we debut our show on Father Chicada's book, The Work of Human Hands. Welcome to Restoration Radio. I am your host, Justin Sutter, this morning, and we are joined by Father Anthony Chicada, uh, Assistant Pastor of St. Gertrude the Great Catholic Church in Westchester, Ohio. 
And we are here at St. Gertrude's this morning for a special live show for our listeners uh, discussing a new show for the 2014 season uh, entitled The Work of Human Hands. And you may have heard us speaking about this on the air with Father and the Clerical Conversations show and the, rest, uh, the True Restoration show. And this is the book Father Chicago wrote. It is the definitive critique of the quote-unquote New Mass of Paul VI. And uh, we are very privileged to have some time this morning, Father. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. So, Father... Uh, as you know, throughout our season, we had a lot of calls from the Novus Ordo, uh, or the Novus, Novus Ordo folk who uh, you know, are lost and a little bit confused about what's going on in the New Mass and things they see in their parish. And I think this book is a great starting point for them to see, essentially outline in great detail, everything they're experiencing. Well, that was uh, part, of the, uh, part of the rationale for writing the book. Uh, most people come to have doubts and questions about the way things were going on in the post-Vatican II Church because of their experiences with worship. And if you give them a a lot of data on the problems with uh, the post-Vatican II way of worship, then you get them thinking about other issues as well. I was reading the preface last evening, and I saw it here. It says, you began this work when you were 13 yes. years old. Yes. <laughs> Explain some of that to our listeners. How does that work when you begin a book at 13 years old? <laughs> well, not that I was you know, precocious or anything like that, but I had an experience actually similar to that of uh, a number of contemporary of my contemporaries as traditional priests, uh, Bishop Dolan and Bishop Sanborn, uh, in their respective home dioceses when they were kids. The Vatican II changes uh, in the liturgy were uh, sort of traumatic, I suppose, because it uh, seemed so irreverent and so different from what we as Catholics had been used to before. So, uh, I remember being very struck by that, that there were these uh, changes in the liturgy, and I really didn't like them. It seemed that there was something wrong or something less reverent about them. So uh, this was a feeling, actually, that I had I carried with me, uh, actually, for quite a while. And eventually it led, many years later, of course, to the idea of writing this particular book. Something that I noticed here in the book, uh, as I was reading last night, and in fact we were speaking about this mm-hmm. yesterday, was the this 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 overarching term, the quote unquote Novus Ordo. Okay. You know, everything we refer to today as the Novus Ordo, mm-hmm. which refers to the conciliar church, you know, the, the modernist church, if you will, uh, the church after the council. This is where it all begins, essentially, is the Novus Ordo mass to you know, sort of mutate into where we are today. So I think yeah. for our listeners, this is something this uh, this show would, which will follow the book, I think is going to hopefully answer a lot of the questions. And as you know, through some of the calls that we got this season, um, I read this this portion of the book. You said, even from my first year in the seminary high school, I wanted to be part of the battle. And that, I think, is something that our callers who are just discovering tradition aren't necessarily aware of, that this yes. is a battle, yep. and that you have to battle your way. Could you talk a little bit <laughs> about that through, you know... Through your battle to where you are today. Well, what what happened is, uh, as a result of uh, Vatican II, there was all this this ferment going on at every level in the church, and uh, you uh, found that you had uh, professors 
in, even in the Minas Seminary, who were very much in favor of uh, very radical changes in Catholic beliefs. And then you had some people like myself who said, wait, you know, the, the, the church's beliefs really can't change. So uh, almost immediately there was a uh, fight and a controversy between uh, uh, two sides and two parties over where things were going to go. Even in, in freshman religion class, I, which probably would have been in 1965, uh, I remember uh, arguing and fighting with uh, my professor over some of the things that he proposed um, and, and some of the changes that he favored. Mm -hmm. So immediately it became a battle and as the Vatican II changes were implemented, uh, it uh, sort of broadened and became uh, deeper and you, you saw more and more in the way of changes in the church. The term that you use, Novus Ordo, is one that people started to use in um, 1969 and 1970 when actually the new mass of Paul VI was promulgated. And it simply means the new order. And it referred to the Novus Ordo Missae, the new order of the mass. But you uh, correctly discern that it became sort of a more general term for the whole new order of things after Vatican II because of all the different things that the new order of, of discipline, the new order of doctrine, the new order of worship overthrew. So the very, church. Yeah, the new church. So it's a very convenient term and sometimes traditional Catholics such as ourselves will refer to the a whole institution of the post-Vatican II Church as the Novus Ordo, or will refer to someone who is a, a member of the post-Vatican II Church as a Novus Ordite. So it, it, it took on, the term originally used for the Mass took on a much broader use. It's just a point of reference. I mean, that's not that's not solely meant to be a derogatory term, it's just a, just one of a classification. Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's one of a classification. It's very convenient. Mm -hmm. Just as it is to call us, we call ourselves trads or traditionalists, and that is a convenient label. We actually consider ourselves to be simply Catholics. Right, exactly. Sure. Um, I think something that our listeners are going to appreciate is, uh, if you read in the preface, uh, you know, Father was much like all of us at one time, thinking that the problem was just the interpretation of the council, and the, you know that, that there were just uh, bad liberals, quote unquote, who were essentially causing all the things that he saw that were offensive. And um, and you say that that belief changed in 1975. Mm -hmm. What happened in 1975? Well, um, at the in 1975, I kind of got to the end of the line in the post-Vatican II <laughs> seminary system because we had had these, these fights when I was in the prep seminary, the minor seminary, and, and things ecclesiologically just and, and worship-wise simply got worse and worse. And I used to all the time um, say that the changes were misinterpreted, that um, the rubrics for the new mass were misinterpreted, they needed to be taken in a more traditional fashion, and then of course our beloved Holy Father, that, um, uh, you know, if, if he knew, you know, if, if he only knew what was, was going on, as I suppose they used to say in Germany, you know, if, if the Fuhrer only knew what was going on. Right. Well, in uh, <clears throat> this, this uh, battle that uh, I had ended uh, up fighting uh, 
eventually led me to join what was then one of the most liturgically conservative religious orders in the world, the Cistercians of the Common Observance. And we had um, more Latin than you could shake a stick at or a crozier at or whatever you would shake at Latin. And we we had chant, and the divine office was in Latin, and the uh, Novus Ordo was in Latin. And the only thing in the vernacular were the readings. Uh, The order sent me over to uh, what was supposed to be a very conservative monastery in, in Switzerland. The idea was that I would learn French and then study at the University of Fribourg, which was supposed to be doctrinally very conservative. Well, uh, what happened there is I discovered that my contemporaries, even though they were uh, in a monastery that liturgically was very conservative, nevertheless, they, the theology they were learning was modernist. That was one problem. Mm-hmm. Also, in the midst of this, uh, all this Latin liturgy and chant, you had communion in the hand, <laughs> which was extremely strange. And then, at that point, the, in 1975, there was a controversy in Europe over the traditionalists and over Archbishop Lefebvre. And I had not heard all that much uh, about that controversy when I was in the United States, but since I was there in Switzerland, naturally it was very much in the news. And the abbot then uh, would talk about this in his his sermons, his uh, sermons to the monastic community, what was called the chapter. And I found that many of the uh, things the traditionalists were saying that he was relating to us, I agreed with. And the defenses that he was putting up for the changes, uh, primarily under the idea of, well, we have to obey no matter what happens, uh, these uh, I found extremely unconvincing. Well, I find you know, your story some 25 years before mine, well, even even earlier than that, or actually even longer than that, it's very similar. When I was trapped in the Novus Ordo, I too was trying to find the conservative pockets, if you will. And I find that even is true today, that those who uh, are really disgusted with the clown masses and you know, the, dancing, the dancing lectorette masses mm-hmm. and all these other abuses they see, they try to find themselves and assimilate into these little conservative pockets until they find something there that's amiss as well. You know, and, and then that, that's kind of the catalyst which moves them down the line until finally they, they really see the monster for what it is. Yes. You know, yes. And, and I think that's when the real progress happens. Um, tell us about a little bit, um, you know, writing the book, um, when, how many pauses did you have in the writing? I mean, how, how long successfully did it really take you over a period of time to achieve the result of the book? Well, first uh, first of all, I had to come to the conclusion that something like this was needed. Mm-hmm. And I got thinking about it a little bit after my ordination to the priesthood in 1977 when I was uh, asked to teach liturgy at uh, the uh, new Pius X seminary in Armada, Michigan. So I, I figured that course on the sacred liturgy naturally we would want to talk about the Novus Ordo Missae about the new order of the mass and do a comparison between that and the old mass and so I I, I tried to find a text that I could use as the basis 
for this course. And it was surprising though, even uh, 1977, I really couldn't find a, a text that gave an, really a complete overview of the difficulties with the Novus Ordo Missae, with the New Order of Mass, the Mass of, of, of Paul VI. I kept on looking and I didn't really have uh, any success in finding anything. There was a, um, there were shorter works that talked about some aspects of, of the new mass, but there was nothing that was, was really complete. There was a, a book uh, by a man named De Silvera that had been published first, first in Portuguese and then in, in French uh, called The Mass of Paul VI, What Should One Think of It? But uh, this book, I, I thought at, at one point of translating this book, but uh, it turned out that the um, organization the author was affiliated with didn't want this book promoted anymore. Then um, there was the book of uh, Michael Davies that uh, came along. Michael Davies was a um, convert to the faith. He was um, uh, a Welshman. He would have been insulted, I guess, if you called him an Englishman. <laughs> and he um, uh, got involved uh, writing about uh, the situation of the post-Vatican II Church um, uh, under uh, the name, I think, of Owen Michaels, something like that. And eventually, he wrote a three-volume history, um, a three-volume discussion of the what he called the liturgical revolution. And the last volume of it was Pope Paul's New Mass. Uh, that book I also found rather unsatisfactory because he devoted a lot of his time to liturgical abuses and um, he did a very good job drawing the parallels between the new mass and the Protestant communion service. Mm. He did that at, at uh, uh, great length and that was very good and, and pointed out a number of problems with the new mass but it wasn't he didn't really talk about one of the key issues, which was modernism. Right. That seems to be kind of the the thread with the Michael Davies books. You know, is that he he tries to essentially explain away the problems without drawing any conclusions. You know, that's that, that's kind of what I saw in his books. I mean, it's not pulling the weed out of the ground; it's just cutting it off and letting it grow back, so to speak. Uh, yes, that's exactly it. And his book. Uh, was 650 pages long, and his the conclusion he gives is basically sort of a nothing conclusion uh, to it. He doesn't really draw anything together, and uh, he, the the book doesn't really end properly. It just sort of stops. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, also what Davies did not do was discuss in any serious length the. Uh, Propers of the Mass, uh, how those had been changed in the Novus Ordo. There's the distinction between the ordinary of the Mass, which are the parts of the Mass that remain more or less the same whenever Mass is celebrated, and then the propers that vary from Sunday to Sunday and feast to feast. And there had been some radical changes introduced into the propers of the Mass, but Davies didn't get those down either. So uh, at uh, a certain point, Probably in the early 1980s, I figured out that uh, uh, I would probably have to research a book, and, and uh, eventually, 
address all of these different issues. I think admittedly that would have been hard for a layman to do though, not having you know formal seminary training, theological training to, to, to really pick out the different parts. I mean, I think that for most traditional Catholics who have come across Michael Davies' works, it, th there's a lot of benefit there, mm -hmm. but, but nothing like what you have assemb you've assembled here, which is really a surgical dissection of each problem with the Mass. I, I, don't, I don't think Davies would have been really capable of doing such a work. Well, yeah, he, he was good in many points, but the, uh, with a priest, you're more attentive to a lot of the details sure. and uh, to the rubrics. Mm -hmm. uh, so th there's that consideration. But the other bizarre factor, I suppose, as, as far as myself writing a book like this, is when I look back on it, I been exposed to and experienced um, all different types of liturgy. And I, I certainly knew the pre-Vatican II liturgy very much as a, um, uh, as a kid before Vatican II. I was, uh, I happened to be in the seminary as these different changes were introduced, uh, the official ones first. I saw all of the crazy abuses, the seminary and in different churches where I worked, I was also an organist. Uh, I ended up in the most conservative religious order in the world. Um, then I ended up at uh, in the Pius X Society where they had a, a kind of a, an altered form of the traditional Mass. So I had all of these different things that I had been exposed to. And uh, chunks of them ended up in the book. <laughs> I think that's something maybe our listeners don't know. And, and if you don't know, you should uh, go to truerestoration.org and check out some of Father's interviews. Uh, I think that there's this uh, <laughs> this belief amongst most people that when you went to the Society Seminary in Icone, it was the beautiful Latin Mass, and there was never any problems there, and that it was you know you had found it, you know everything you were looking for. That's not the case. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. And um, I had I only ended up there because um, I wanted to be a good and faithful Catholic priest, and. Um, I was actually sort of surprised by how they conducted the liturgy there. There was a, a uh, changed form of the uh, traditional mass that they used there with pulpits where uh, uh, the readings were done facing the people and uh, uh, prayers at the foot of the altar were dropped at certain points. And uh, it was certainly not from a liturgical point of view. Uh, at least the, the, the first year uh, that I was there, it certainly wasn't really correct at all. You couldn't really follow, um, it, you couldn't really learn how to conduct a, a ceremony there for reading an old traditional liturgical book because they had their own way of doing it. Mm. Uh, well, for our listeners kind of wondering where the show is going next season, now the work of human hands, we're going to cover... Um, Probably one chapter, maybe maybe a chapter in the evening, uh, one Thursday per month, and we're going to go through the 14 chapter volume. And if you would like to buy the book and follow along, you can go to sggresources.org and you can order the book from Father. And maybe you can even bribe him to put a little autograph on the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> Mass stipend's always welcome. Uh, and uh, so, Father, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, the reviews and how, or I should say, how the book has been received by, uh, you know, s since you released this edition, what have people been saying? Have you had any surprise, uh, surprise reviews, any surprise commentary on the book? Well, uh, there has been uh, quite a bit of comment. You uh, have to understand the um, the market, as it were, the tar target audience that um, 
I aimed the book at initially uh, was not so much traditionalists, because it would have been a little bit of preaching to the choir, but people in the Novus Ordo who had a real um, who had real worries about the direction the liturgical reform had taken. So we were, I think, very uh, successful in uh, reaching out uh, to these people. We didn't um, try so much to get reviews from uh, traditionalist publications, um, but uh, it was from uh, the, the Novus Ordo, conservative Novus Ordo circles, that we tried to get reviews and we tried to promote it. We figured that the rest of uh, people would go along. It was actually uh, very successful. Uh, there's a lot of positive comment about it. I had a um, excellent review by Monsignor Andrew Wadsworth, who was the um, head of the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Oh. He, he was responsible for the um, supposedly more conservative translation of the new mass that was introduced in um, uh, Novus Ordo churches about two or three years ago. Keyword supposedly. Uh, yes, supposedly. Uh, but he had a number of positive things to say about it. A Christian order, which is a um, conservative to traditionalist uh, review, highly respected in um, uh, in England, they had a uh, good review by Dr. Jeffrey Hull, who is a um, known in conservative circles for uh, a book that he himself did on the liturgical reform. The most interesting um, of the reviewers was uh, Dr. Alcuin Reed. Uh, Reed was a um, was known for a book called The Organic Development of the Liturgy, and he was very much part of the movement that uh, uh, Ratzinger, Cardinal Ratzinger, belonged to, this idea of uh, trying to do the liturgy, in a, the Novus Ordo liturgy, in a more traditional fashion. In fact, uh, Ratzinger actually wrote a uh, preface to, to Reed's book. So he uh, gave the uh, book actually a uh, rather favorable, uh, favorable review as well. There's an interesting story though uh, on this. Initially, uh, I had contacted the magazine Inside the Vatican uh, with a view toward having Reed's review published there. And Inside the Vatican is run by Robert Moynihan, who's a, uh, a very nice guy and a, a very good journalist. And he, uh, in fact, was going to run this positive uh, review by Reed. Uh, however, what happened is uh, just before it was to go to press, uh, I discovered, yes, that uh, uh, someone had applied pressure and uh, it, it, was, it was drawn, it had been typeset and, and I guess was actually on the press and uh, someone had gotten to Moynihan, so Reed had to publish his review elsewhere. <laughs> so <clears throat> that was uh, one of those things, but to publish it he did. I think the, that our listeners are going to receive this show because we're going to cover a wide variety of listeners. We're going to cover the liturgical nerd, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, who wants to yes, really dive in. Uh, geeks, which I certainly would have counted myself among. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, myself as well. And, and I think that uh, it's also going to, to, to really hit at a beginning audience as well. And I, I want to encourage our listeners to realize that 
we're not just going to read the book page by page because you can do that on your own. We're going to get Father's commentary in a uh, sort of a summary, uh, sort of summary of each chapter and comments on that for points for you to think about and reflect upon it, and and of course maybe uh, Father to expound a little bit more than he does in the book. But you know, we obviously encourage you to get the book and to read it. Where, Father, do you see in a season-long show? What would you like to see accomplished on this 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 show coming up? Well, I would say it's a good opportunity to uh, give people an overview uh, of the book. And as you say, on cer- certain points, you can't cover absolutely everything in a book like this. I had to cut out uh, an awful lot to keep the argument going and to keep things uh, very clear. So we can uh, perhaps deepen some of the points that I mentioned in the book and on other points give people a, uh, a summary or sort of a flavor of um, what is going on. Mm-hmm. When we originally had thought about doing this show at the summit, it was with the, it was with the hope that we could sort of uh, provide a, an outlet, maybe, maybe a beginning point for people as well, because we, we received a lot of phone calls on the program about this, about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just in the beginning and, you know, where do I go and what's wrong with the Mass and, you know, can I fight from within? I think a lot of these questions are going to be answered in the program and uh, hopefully you do buy the book and, and, uh, uh, and follow along and, and read it at your own leisure. And you can always uh, email Father Chicada as well as we go along in the program. You can mail us also at mail at truerestoration.org for any questions we can pass along to Father. Well, Father, I think this is a good place for us to kind of close our uh, our interview here and, and the premier for the Work of Human Hands show for next season, which is going to air on Thursday nights. Time to be determined yet, but it'll be a 60 to 90 minute show. And I would encourage our listeners to go ahead and buy the book. Uh, I encourage you to read, as we've choked about during the show, because you're you're really not going to pick up what the enormity of the times we live in, the crisis in both the church and the world, if you don't read. Father's book here, you know, it's only 400 and, you know, roughly 400 pages, not including the index, and when we compare that to the Dewey Reims Holy Bible, which is 1,200 pages, and we have the Leaper over here, which is 1,000 pages. I mean, this is, a, come on, this is a, this is an easy read, right, Father? Very easy, and uh, unlike the Leaper, to get through it, you don't have to sing it. That's right. You, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I did as a uh, for the benefit of the readers, is that at the end of every chapter, there is a two or three page summary with bullet points. So if you start to nod off, you can just go and find out how the chapter ends and then uh, go on to the next chapter. The work of human hands for dummies, right? Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Father, do you, uh, do you have any closing thoughts for us that you'd like to uh, you know, encourage our listeners to do or, or, or to kind of get them to sort of wet their whistle towards well, the show here? Well, uh, you know, as we said, uh, read in general. And um, the new Mass is uh, actually uh, sort of emblematic or symbolic of uh, a larger and a broader issue of the problems in the Church after Vatican II. It's not the uh, only problem, but merely one of the problems. And if this book points you in the right direction for examining some of the other problems, then it will have achieved its, its purpose, I think, very well. Well, very good, Father. I think that's a great place to stop. And I encourage our listeners to uh, go to truerestoration.org, and you can find many video interviews with Father Chicada, as well as Restoration Radio. You can hear Father Chicada on the True Restoration flagship show, as well as clerical conversations on the crisis, where he appears with Bishop Donald Sanborn many times over. And... Uh, Also check out fggresources.org, and Father has many videos posted there as well. You can buy the book, The Work of Human Hands. And uh, Father, we thank you for your time this morning. Thank you.